Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning and welcome. You're listening to Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're so glad you can join us, but before we get into the word, let's open up in prayer. Our Father, Lord, we just thank you for everything that you've done in our lives, Lord. And Lord, we just thank you for everything that you continue to do, Lord, and things that you've done in other people's lives, Lord, so that way we can see the fruit and the joy it causes as they move forward in you, Lord. And Lord, I also just thank you for your infinite wisdom and knowledge, Lord, and that you share with us liberally, Lord, not taking it off for yourself, Lord, and keeping us in the dark, Lord, but that you are willing and able to reveal to us what you have for us in our lives, Lord, so that way we can walk forward and go about our business and do what you have for us in our life, Lord. Lord, I also just thank you for your Holy Spirit, which does not depart from us, Lord, but there it is there every day, and that it's with us always, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, good morning and welcome, everybody. And welcome to our Bible study and welcome to our continued study of the book or epistle of Romans. This morning we are in chapter 9 and we're going to cover verses 30 through 33. So, can I get a volunteer to read that, please? I'll read it. All right, I promise. What shall we say then, that Gentiles who do not pursue righteousness have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness of faith? But Israel, pursuing the law of righteousness, has not attained to the law of righteousness? Why? Because they did not seek it by faith, but as it were by the works of the law, for they stumbled at that stumbling stone, as it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and a rock of offense. And whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. Amen. All right, so the floor is open for each of you to share what the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you and ask any questions that you have. All right? Okay. Okay. So who'd like to begin? I will. I found the first two verses interesting where Paul was saying that how the Gentiles have attained righteousness and Israel has not. He's... You can say he's a bit shocked. He's saying that the Gentiles who were not originally of Israel and did not have all the word of God willing, um, ready and available in their hands have attained righteousness because they were not going after the law. So you can also see that Paul is saying that though they didn't have everything that the children of Israel had, they were listening to the, to the Lord. And that's what pushed them ahead, I'd say, and made it to a so that way they can get to a place where they achieved the, uh, what do you call it exactly? One second. Sorry. They achieved what? The righteousness of faith and how when they did that, it was because they were willing to listen to the Holy Spirit and to what the Lord had to say to them and weren't trying to have their own pre-notions of what should be happening and what should not happen and how the Jews and the um, Jews and the Israelites were saying, okay, this is how 
we know understand the scriptures and this is how it should progress and how that was actually a hindrance in the long run whereas the gentiles though they didn't have all this stuff they were more attuned to hearing it's like in school if i think i've already learned it i tend to skip over parsing ah, i got that but it's worse it's something new i tend not always tend to pay better attention to what's being taught and learned because i don't think i I don't understand it and I have not learned it. Whereas the stuff I learned is saying, nah, I got this. It's in bag. How's that usually end up working out, sir? It does not work out because there's many minute details that are very important. Mm. So we can't become complacent. Yes. Right? In all things. We have to value it. We have to treasure it. If that's a little thing like whatever it is in school, right? Yes. How much more so the things of the Lord? A lot more so. I just think that's that's really um, quite observant, Charles. And I, I think there's another component to add to that, though, that the uh, we were talking last time about uh, Jonah and Nineveh, right? And so yes, there was a, there was a part of Jonah that did not want the Ninevites to be saved because mm-hmm. he did not necessarily envision them as appropriate people to come unto. Um, or to be part of God's kingdom is a simple way of putting it. He said, you know, he, he saw it as reserved for the Jews only, I think was his biggest hang up in that. And um, so he had his vision of that. And there was, I think it was pervasive in the Jewish culture that um, they almost kind of held it as a, a pride thing. We're the special chosen of God. Nobody else is. And so um, when Paul's talking here about, you know, Wow. Hey, man, the Gentiles, they figured this thing out. They just took it on faith. You got hung up on the fact that Jesus is um, involved in this because it didn't fit your narrative, right? And he's a stumbling stone, which is what you're saying. But also, there was that component that they had to, wait a minute, wait a minute, whoa, these Gentiles ain't supposed to be doing this. And if they are, they got to do it the same way we did. So if they're not doing it the same way we did, then, then that's not okay. And so they were so hung up in their pride, similar to what you're talking about, thinking they already had the answer. Right, but they let Most that definitely. interfere with it as well too. That was definitely a component. They almost, by default, wanted to reject it because the um, Gentiles had accepted it. You, you follow me? Yes. They hated the Gentiles in such a way. Well, if the Gentiles figured out that's the way, even if it's the right way, we're going to reject it anyway, just because we're not going to be like those Gentiles. They can't have it right. Yes, I just say that that's happened in my own life. If I'm angry with the person, they try to tell me how to do something. I just go and do it a different way because I, in that moment, I'm angry with that person. I don't want to do it their way because I think I have a better way. And you can also see that's what they're doing here. They're saying they had the original way and saying, okay, the law is what we're supposed to be attaining to. But then they see someone do it and do it correctly but in their mindset, they don't want to. They don't want to go do it as the other person didn't. Like back to the example of school. If I see Layla doing a math problem correctly, and I don't understand, I know for myself, I get very angry because I think I should be able to do it the best, and I should be able to go and do it and solve it faster than Layla or anybody else could. Because in this moment, I have my own pride that's swelled up. And how 
most times that leads me to a problem because I then try to go find a different way to do it faster and better than Layla, then I end up getting it wrong. And then, depending on the severity and how huge the thing is, I'm embarrassed. That's interesting. I have a student um, in in my plumbing class that um, has struggled and he has failed um, every one of his tests the first time. And um, they do allow they are allowed a second chance to retake the test. The problem is, is regardless of their score on the second test, they can only be credited with a score of seventy, which is one point above failing. So it gives them a passing score if they pass it the second time. But he could get 100 the second time, have gotten 65 the first time. He still only gets a 70 for his permanent record. And he's been struggling. And each, uh, each week I've counseled him about how to study the material, how to use uh, uh, actual real-life examples, and, um, and demonstrate it and walk it through him. And uh, yet again last week, um, as he was leaving, he goes, I think I got it figured out. Somebody told me a website that there's some really good stuff, and I think if I go to that, I'll get it all figured out. And I said, what you need to use is this book that you've been given to use and the methodologies that were given to you because they're directly out of a lesson plan that was developed by an international plumbing accreditation agency. There's an international group of people who've determined the best way to learn the plumbing skills and they're necessary. And he's telling me he's found a better way to do it. He's going to use that. And his track record is he's failed every test he's taken for the entire semester the first time he's taken the test. That's how wrapped up we get in our thoughts. I know for myself, as I get older, I've done a lot of things certain ways and I may have nuanced them now, and they're nowhere near the same as they were, but they're not as obvious if somebody says, hey, why don't you try this? And my first response is, who do you think you are telling me how to do this? I've got this. I've been doing this stuff for 40 years. Instead of, oh, maybe I should try that. That might be better. And so Let's at least hear what you have to say, right? Because you may have come across or understood something differently, or the individual, than you, right? Right, which is also one final point I would make uh, of this part anyway. I, make, I might make some other points, but the, the other point is that we have to be really careful because every time we approach the Scriptures, mm-hmm. we have to be led by the Holy Spirit, not by our presuppositions or not by what we learned or heard the last time that we read it. And you've heard me talk about Jim Elliott, um, famous um, um, evangelist who uh, uh, evangelized some Indians who were actually cannibals. Yes, And he, there was a note from his diary that he um, used to take a lot of notes in his Bible. And I encourage people to take notes in the Bible, but he realized he needed a Bible that he didn't take notes in mm-hmm. because the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, you're not hearing me fresh anymore. You're reading your Bible. You're seeing the notes you have in the margin, and all you're hearing is what you've heard before. God's Word is living and active. It's alive. It's, 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 it's an encounter with Jesus Christ alive. You're having a conversation with the risen Savior, and he's going to talk to you fresh and new each time. People don't have the same conversations over and over again. And even though the words on the pages may not change, we have to remain open. And then, of course, we back that up to see if it's consistent with the Scripture and making sure that we've heard clearly. But the Scriptures always have the opportunity to bring something new to us. And we are all, as we're clearly saying, prone to the same things, right, that the Israelites were doing, right, that the Jewish community was doing. Get our, the pride of our heart, the pride of our flesh. Um, it's hard to give up our old ways. All these other things that hinder us. And so we need to take this as a warning ourselves as well. Exactly. So we're, we're going to back up a little bit. 
and I love the points that have been brought up. Especially, uh, so in verse 30, his question, what shall we say then, is actually something that he brought up in, in verse 24, right? Even us whom he called, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. And then, and we started covering this, I believe, in the previous episode. He brings up Hosea, and he brings up two places in Isaiah that all talk about the same thing. And as in Hosea, he's talking about calling people that were not his people, right? Yes. And the place where it was said, you're not my people, they shall be called the sons of the living God. And you can interpret that one of two different ways. One that he's speaking directly to Israel and saying that Israel was not his people, right? In the place where I said to them, you are not my people, right? So that's verse 26 here in Romans 9. That I will call them, or that they they will be called sons of the living God. And also that he's calling the Gentiles, right? Israel yes. is God's chosen people. But he also says, very plain, they have sheep that are not of this fold, right? Yes. And we pointed out, uh, my honey, <laughs> everyone else knows her is Kamisha. She brought up about Jonah. The Lord showed his mercy to Nineveh, a nation that was not his people. All right, so it extends beyond Israel. And then, so that's what uh, Hosea, and then in verse 27, right? He, Paul here points out Isaiah as well, which I find is interesting. The number of the children of Israel be as though the number of the children of Israel be as the sand of the sea, the remnant will be saved. He will finish the work and cut it short in righteousness because the Lord will make short work upon the earth. So you see in there two, two things. The number, though the number of the children of Israel be as the sand of the sea, the remnant will be saved. So which goes back to what we said or what Paul says Earlier in the chapter, that's chapter 9, verse 8. That is, those who are children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of the promise is God in seed, right? Um, And actually, what I really meant was verse 6, but both of these are applicable. But it is not that the word of God has taken no effect, for they are not all Israel who are of Israel. And we've been covering this here for the past few episodes the Lord knows who were his. There's a distinguishable difference, right? Just because you were born in does not mean, right? And we covered this with Abraham. He had many children. <coughs> yes? yes? Yes. One of them chose to serve the Lord. The Lord knew. That's why the Lord said, this is the son of promise. Right? Yes. So Isaiah has come to that realization as well. That... It's not about, uh, but it's twofold. One, the Lord fulfills his promises, and you see that. He said to Abraham, you're going to have, you're going to be the father of many nations. There'll be so many children that you can't count them. It'll be like sand on the seashore. Yes? Yes. yes. Okay. So the Lord's clearly saying it's fulfilled. He, he is fulfilling, and it is fulfilled, Right. 
But then he says, the remnant will be saved. So it's not about the mass amount of numbers. It's not. It's the Lord seeking those who will be faithful to him, who will love him and be obedient, humble themselves before him, actually be his people, accessing it through faith. Right? Which is why then in verse 29, he references Isaiah again. Paul does and says, unless the Lord of Sabaoth had left us a seed, we would have become like Sodom and would have been like Gomorrah, completely wiped out. Everything that they have is from the Lord. So, so then Paul goes into, what shall we say then? The Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have attained righteousness, even the righteousness of faith. But Israel, pursuing the law of righteousness, has not attained to the law of righteousness. Why? And I love this, this answer, and Dean, you brought this up. They didn't seek it by faith, right? But as it were, the works of the law. So, Jesus was questioned. I'm bringing this a little aside. And, and it goes into verse 33. Right? Our laid in Zion a stumbling stone and rock of offense. Right? Whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. And we, we've covered this a little bit. Of course, Paul, everything he does is pointing to Jesus. <clears throat> yes? Yes. Okay. Going about the law. Actually, I'll, we'll bring this up first because Dean you, you you brought up this um this point in what you were saying in Galatians Paul is saying it's not about the law and actually talks this is in Galatians 2 verses 11 through 14 talks about Peter <clears throat> Peter walked with Christ right and he says yes. now when Peter had come to Antioch I withstood him to his face because he was to be blamed for before certain men came from James, he would eat with the Gentiles. But when they, when they came, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing those who were of the circumcision. So in other words, when Jews came to Antioch. All right. And he even caused yes. Barnabas to sin too, did he not? Yes, and then we're yeah. about to read that. Okay. And the rest of the Jews also played the hypocrite with him, so that even Barnabas was carried away with their hypocrisy. Great point. And then in verse 14, but when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter before them all, if you being a Jew live in the manner of Gentiles and not as the Jews, why do you compel Gentiles to live as Jews? Let's understand, Peter said, sorry, Paul said this to Peter, who literally walked with the Lord in the flesh during his time in ministry. It matters. What's, the, what's so interesting, though, the, the parallel to that versus everything that we've been talking about is Peter recognized his deviation from the true gospel. Yes. And returned. We would say, you know, he recognized his sin and repented. Absolutely. Yes. And, and discusses it even later. And appreciated that his brother was willing to call him out. Amen. And we, and if you haven't heard our, our when we did our study, our morning Bible study, discussing first and second Peter, please go check that out because there's um, <laughs> great 
truths in there that, that Peter even recognized that. And while he doesn't spell it out specifically, he alludes to it and, and is thankful, as Dean, oh, as well, you were just pointing Paul's out. Paul's letters are weighty, but they are. he calls them scripture. Absolutely. He, he clearly equated them to the same level as all the original Torah when he yes. made that statement. That was what he was trying to say. Absolutely. And, and I love this point too, right? So I brought up Christ. The Pharisees challenged Jesus on the law, and which was the greatest commandment of all, right? Yeah. What did Jesus say it was? First, he said to love your God with your whole heart, mind, strength, and soul. I believe. Yes. yes. And love. And love your neighbor as yourself. Okay. So he said those two commandments. But wait, they were given ten commandments, yes? Yes. Okay. Um, those two commandments aren't included, if you will. Mm-hmm in there they are but they aren't they're not listed out as in a checklist to follow right when he gives the ten commandments that or actually sorry let me rephrase that when he answers the pharisees he pulls from deuteronomy 6 verse 5 which was what he said was the greatest commandment you shall love the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul and with all your strength and then he said the second is like it. And that was from Leviticus. Actually, while I'm reading this, you guys look up um, where they're given the Ten Commandments. I'm ready. Wait. You're already at the Ten Commandments? Um, well, find that place. Yes, I'm, I'm You're there? The Ten oh, one second. New- one second, and I'll let you read it, right? And he says, so Leviticus 19, verse 18, he says, You shall not take vengeance, nor bear any grudge against the children of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Now, promise, where do you find the Ten Commandments listed? Deuteronomy 5. Hmm. So wait a second. These are in two different places. Actually, three different places. Here's the ordeal and the truth. The Lord gave the Ten Commandments, and they were good. It's law. But when asked about what the law and the greatest laws, that's not what the Lord gave. Right? Yes. Why? Because in those two, he gave, it wrapped up everything in the first ten. Yes. But both start with the same thing. You shall... Love. Love. And love your neighbor. Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor. The Ten Commandments are, if you will, a checklist. But if you are doing what the Lord said were the two greatest ones, if you are actually demonstrating and walking in love, right? Yes. Clothed in love. Put on love, right? Yes. God is love. So if you are walking in that, then it makes it easy to do the other ten. Yes? Yes. Because if I love my neighbor as myself, right? Yes. Then no, I'm not going to murder him. I'm not going to commit adultery with his wife. I'm not going to steal from him. I'm not going to lie to him. I'm not going to... Is it? Do we see this now? Yes. You cannot legislate love. 
That is probably the best way I can phrase it. So, yes, what the Lord said is true. Those are the two greatest commandments. If I'm doing what the Lord said and upholding that and walking in that, then it makes it real easy to fulfill the other things that he said. Yes? Yes. Yes. And again, that, those two, the greatest commandments, have to also be carried out in faith. It's not a checklist. Right? But it also goes to our knowledge and our how we understand what the Lord has given to us, spoken to us, and commanded us. Everybody, everybody tracking? Yes. Any questions on that? No. I just want to share. Just it never struck me before until you said it. The the idiocy of the Pharisees to try to use the law to trap Jesus. You know, I mean, <laughs> who, he is he is well, who, not only who wrote it, but again, he he the he is the word. He is the word. Yes. So that is part of the word, right? <laughs> so you're you're trying to take who he is and use who he is to trip trip him up as to who he is. Right, and well, and even as a child, right when when he's there speaking with the Pharisees, and they they marveled at his knowledge and understanding of the word. Well, I don't know why you would marvel. He was literally speaking and teaching them about himself. When well, they gets, weren't threatened by him when he was a child. Well, there's that as well. Yes, absolutely. But as we understand, right, and we should be able to see these things in Scripture, right? Uh, understand these things or know them differently, right? Which is what. Christ revealed, right? Even with the law. <laughs> he says, no, 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 no. You're talking about the act. I, and this is how he meant it from the beginning. No, no, if you have anger with your brother, you've already committed murder. Right? Yes. He, you could say, oh, well, he moved the goalpost. No, he didn't move the goalpost. This is how it was meant from the beginning. We, in our finite nature, misunderstood. Right? We did not use the mind of Christ to understand his ways and his thoughts, to get his perspective, God's perspective, on the, himself and what he meant. Right? Yes. Now we can all come you can, to you that. You can take it here to say again, um, so those summing up the, all the law in those two commandments actually is, is exposing the heart condition, which is what Jesus is talking about, Absolutely. which is what goes back into here where we say, you know, who are we to ask this of God, mm -hmm. right? Who are we to say? I mean, because if you haven't, if you're not loving the Lord your God, if you're not loving Him with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, or should I say, if you are, you couldn't even ask that question. Exactly. You couldn't even have those thoughts. They wouldn't line up with that. Right. And what what Paul is writing about here, right? And when we read in chapter nine, verse, we went back to verse six and verse eight, and actually that readdresses what he brought up uh, for verse 6. It's Romans 2, verse 28. And in verse 8, it's 8. Um, yes, it, 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 he brought it up earlier in Romans 4, verses 3 through 25. Right, So pretty much the whole chapter. We talked about that in a previous episode, but just to make it plain, the Lord through Paul is still addressing these same things. Look, it's not just for the Jews. It's for the the. It's not about being Jew or Greek, right? It's not about being Jew or Gentile. Everyone that comes to Him has to come through Christ. He is the way. He is the truth, and He is the life. 
No one comes to the Father but through him. We all have to come the same way. And that's what, clearly what Abraham was teaching. His children. And for us today, will we accept it and move forward in it, aligning ourselves with Christ and with the Father and his plan? Or will we reject him? And that's a choice everyone has to make. I encourage you to choose life. Because it's not just for you, but it's for your children, your children's children, right down throughout the generations. It matters. It matters for each of us individually, every day. It's not about who you know or, or their walk or their standing with the Lord. I've heard it said there are no secondhand anointings. Right? Yes. The Lord, from the beginning, desired a personal, deep, and intimate relationship with each and every one of us, individually, not through someone else. He's no respecter of persons. The question then is, what is the value that we place on our relationship with the Lord? Are we fulfilling the first commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your mind, your heart, soul, strength? And then are we loving our neighbor as ourself? And who's our neighbor? It's whoever the Lord places in our path. It's everyone on this earth. Or is there division? Are there cliques? Are there, is it separated by race or ethnicity? Or are these things matter? If we're truly doing things the Lord's way, it will be reflected. Not in just what we say, but in how, what we do, how we live. When it comes down to love. Love God, love his people. If we are doing that, if we are walking in him, in the manner that he has commanded, then you will see yourself conform to the image of Christ. Being led by the Spirit, of course. You will see that happen. You'll see things in your life change. But we will also see the change in the world. Amen? Amen. 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 Well, let's pause there for today. And can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Charles. Well, I just thank you for today, Lord. And I just thank you for every day, Lord. And I just thank you for providing for us, Lord, and that you can provide for us each and every day, Lord, and don't just say, I provided for you last yesterday, I don't need to do it today, Lord, but that you provide for us each and every day, Lord, and that you give us grace and mercy, Lord, for each and every day, Lord. And Lord, I also just thank you for your Holy Spirit, which is continually in our midst, Lord. And Lord, I just thank you for how you continue to persevere and work with us, Lord, as we strive to be perfect, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We love you, God bless you, and have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store.
remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.